0: A couple weeks ago, I got to go fishing with my dad and my brother, something that we hadn't done um, since I was in high school, so uh, almost 20 years uh, since I had, had just been the three of us. So my brother and I, we went to Devil's Lake, um, those of you who are around from, from here uh, or have fished there, you know it's a huge lake, and we, uh, uh, brother and I got out on the water at about 8 p.m. on Saturday evening. And the wind started picking up. We were on the northwest, and it was a southeast wind. Um, and the wind started picking up. And like most people who love to fish, I spent the couple weeks before the trip asking everybody I know that fishes the lake, "What should we do? What should we do? How how are we going to find some fish?" And they said, "Fish the flooded timber right at dark." The thing about flooded timber is it's a little bit dangerous. You know, you get in there and it's anywhere from two feet to six feet deep and you're in stumps and down trees. Um, and we found a spot as we traveled around um, and we threw our anchor over the front of the boat. Nothing. We were just drifting right into this bunch of down trees. Um, and it was... For us, it was this deal of we want to fish this area, but the wind is splashing over the boat, so the waves are getting to be rolling. Um, And all of a sudden, the anchor catches, and the boat swings around, and the bow is right into the waves. Now, we still sat there, and the boat did this, but we were able to fish this spot for two hours. As the sun went down, we were able to fish. And in the midst of the waves... The anchor held. If you haven't been with us this summer, uh, our series this summer we're in the middle of is called "My Anchor Holds." It comes from uh, the second verse of the Solid Rock. It says, "When darkness veils His lovely face, I rest on His unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil." We've been spending our 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 time this summer in the Psalms, learning what it means to have an anchor that's going to hold in the midst of the storm, sinking our anchor into the the base base of God's word and learning um, how to be anchored to Christ and how to be anchored to his word. We're going to be in Psalm 27 today. If you guys would pray with me uh, here before we get started, then we'll jump in. Father, your word is sufficient. All by itself it is enough to lead us to you, to strengthen our souls, to provide light and salvation to us. There's nothing that I can say or add to your word that's going to do us any good. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to us in these moments that you would that you would grow us and sink our anchors into your word, into your truth, Jesus. Amen. If you want to open your Bibles to Psalm 27, I'm going to read the whole thing, then we'll we'll break it down um, a little bit of what I feel like God's been been teaching me from this scripture. So As I've been looking at this scripture for the last um, few weeks, and specifically pouring over it this week, I see uh, this scripture, this uh, psalm, divide up. We first get a look at David, and he is confident and secure. For the first six verses, we see a guy who's anchored into the, into the word, anchored to the Lord, and he's confident in who he is. Verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? David uses the idea of light and salvation. They mean basically the same thing, that that God is the light that reveals himself, reveals the darkness, and, and saves him from that darkness. And the Lord is the stronghold of my life. The Lord protects us. He secures us. He is our shelter. He asks the rhetorical questions. that We all know the answer to. Whom shall I fear? Or whom shall I be afraid? No one, right? If we're anchored to that, if we're anchored to the Lord as our light and salvation, there is nothing to be afraid of. He continues to worship God. In verse 4, One thing I have asked of you, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and inquire of his temple. David had a single focus in this portion uh, of this psalm. He had a single focus of, I want to be with God. I want to worship him. I want to know him more. I want to be in his temple. I want to be in the house of the Lord. It wasn't the temple. It was the tent that he had set up to house the ark at that point. But he wanted to be next to God. He wanted to be right where he was. He wanted to gaze on God. He wanted to inquire, meditate on the scriptures, meditate on who God was. That's all he wanted. If I'm honest, that's a lot of days that's all I want. Um, I just want to sit with God. It's much easier sometimes. Um, I just want to be right where he is and let him just immerse me in himself. That's a good place. It's a good desire for us to have. As we move through this psalm, we see David uh, change. Starting in verse 7 all the way through verse 12. He starts pleading, he starts crying out to God. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away. Cast me not off. I've been pondering this all week, but especially yesterday, just the reality that nothing changed with God from the first four verses to the next five verses. Nothing has changed. It's the same God. But something changed for David. And my mind went to uh, Matthew chapter 14 is right after Jesus feeds the 5,000 people and he sends the disciples off in a boat. And they get out into the middle of the sea and then Jesus comes walking out to the disciples. I'm going to pick it up in verse 22. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. Well, he dismissed the crowds. After he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from land. Beaten by the waves, and the wind was against him. And as the fourth watch Of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw uh, saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, "It is a ghost." And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, "Take heart! It is I. Do not be afraid." Verse twenty-eight. And Peter answered him, "Lord, if it is you, command me." to come to you on the water. And he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came to Jesus. So Jesus had walked up, and they were terrified. He reveals himself, and Peter says, if it's you, tell me to come out. Mind you, this boat has been beaten by the waves. We're in, we're in the rollers, like I was talking about on Devil's Lake. They're in the rollers probably much worse than I was in, in on Devil's Lake. And the water's going up and down, and Peter has the boldness, like David does in the first six verses of the psalm, to say, if it's you, Lord, tell me to step out. I'll step out. And he gets out of the boat, right, and walks on water. This passage just blows my mind, the fact that, that with God, anything is possible, even someone like me walking on water. But it doesn't stay that way. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. This picture, what happened to Peter as he's walking out to Jesus and he's taking steps on the water, all of a sudden he starts seeing the waves. And he starts seeing the wind. He starts seeing the the trials of life, if I can call them that and he sinks. And what does he do? When he starts seeing that, he cries out to the Lord. And Scripture says immediately, Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took a hold of him. Immediately, Jesus was there to meet him as he started to slip. So when we're back in Psalm 27, David, I want to propose kind of like his morning quiet time. I don't know if this happens to you, but for me, I start and I'm reading and I'm giving praise and I'm worshiping God. But then I move into my prayer and the reality of my life comes before me. The reality of the challenges that I'm going to face in the day come before me. And at that moment, we have a choice. We can let them overwhelm us, or we can pray and plead for God to intervene. And I think that's what David is doing here. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious and answer me. You have said, seek my face, and my heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O oh, you have been my help. Cast me not off. Forsake me not, O oh God of my salvation. For my father and mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O oh Lord, and lead me on a level path, because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. There's trouble around his life. David has this desire to be with God, but the reality that he lives in is there's trouble all around him. He doesn't maybe get the opportunity to just sit at the temple, even though he would like to. And I don't know about you, but that's the reality of my life, raising uh, four kids and going to work. There are days where I would love to just stay in that moment that I'm having with God in the morning, just be there all day. Let me just study your word all day, God. Let me just feed on you, feast on you all day. But the reality is that there's there's life that I'm supposed to live here. There's people that I need to interact with. There's things that I need to do. There's kids that I need to um, feed. Uh, So I have to go to my job. I have to go um, to do these things. And I go with God and I plead and I pray with God. with confidence that we're going to see in verse 13. Because I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We don't live in the land of the living. It's unfortunate, but we do live in the land of the dying. People all around us are dying. They're separated from God. They're separated um, from truth. And because of that, we have to deal with the harshnesses of the world. We have to deal with the waves beating on us. But David returns to a confidence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He's resting on that hope that he has in Jesus. He's trusting, just like Peter that if he starts to sink, Jesus is going to be there to scoop him up. Verse 14, wait for the Lord. When I picked this psalm, this is why I picked this psalm. Because a long time ago, uh, I came across verse 14, and God blew my mind. Wait for the Lord. Man, that is hard, right? They used to call us, call it the microwave generation, but it's much worse than that now with cell phones, isn't it? Uh, there's nothing we have to wait, wait for. Last night we were having a conversation around our table about VHS tapes and how frustrated we'd get if we rented a VHS and it was not rewound. Is that a reality that our kids are ever going to have to face? No. If they don't want to see that scene, they just press next and it shows up and it loads in and you're and you're going in seconds. Wait for the Lord. Man, it's not easy. I don't like it. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. And then wait for the Lord. This middle section, I think, is super important for us to understand. Be strong and let your heart take courage. The reality is that in this life, we will have trouble. In this world, we will have trouble. Jesus tells us in John 16, I have overcome the world. We can be confident in that. Be strong. Strength is not something that happens passively. We can't sit, say, I'm waiting, I'm waiting God, just do something and, and take zero action. To be strong, we have to be uh, willing to step in. We have to be willing to do some work. That doesn't mean running out ahead of God. When I say that, It means we have to be willing to look at our hearts. We have to be looking uh, to looking for opportunities to study our Word and, and to step out to be strong in a, and be anchored um, in who He is. Let your heart take courage and wait for the Lord get it a second time anytime that we're studying the scriptures and you and you get a phrase repeated that close together you know it's important it's important for us to to be anchored to understand that trouble will come to understand that the wind and the waves are going to be there and We cannot let our anchor just sit on the front of the boat. We have to throw it in and trust that it's going to catch on some truth that we know so it will hold us in the place. The best part of my fishing trip in Devil's Lake, the best part of that evening was the fact that that anchor held. And my brother and I sat and had conversations and casted our bobbers off the front of the boat and let the waves push it to the back of the boat, and watch them go down time and time again. See, even though the waves are splashing over us, when we're anchored in Christ, when we're anchored in his word, when we have hope, in the midst of the storm, sometimes that's where blessing comes. Sometimes that's where we experience him in a way that we wouldn't experience him in any other way. We wait there, trusting that he can overcome that storm. And even in the midst of our storms, he can do things uh, that will blow our minds. I think there's probably all of us are waiting in some way, shape, or form. Some of you uh, here today are probably waiting, knowing that you need uh, the Lord to do something in your life. That you're not sure that you are anchored to Christ. You're waiting for God to show himself. You're waiting for him to to move in in a way that you would experience him and know him. And if that's you today, I'd encourage you to just search your heart. Jesus went to the cross. He did it all for us. To rescue us, to save us, to anchor us, so that we can live this life and honor him in it, and that we could have the hope that David has in verse 13, that we can have the hope that we will look and see the goodness of God. So if that's you today, that, you're not sure you'd see the goodness of God in the land of the living. If you're not sure, I pray that you would find somebody. You can talk to me. You can talk to Pastor Ben or Aaron or any of, uh, any of those people. Maybe the people sitting right next to you would be glad to, uh, to talk to you about that. I would plead with you. Don't leave here today if you're in that spot. For others of us, we're waiting to see what God's going to do next. We have desires in our hearts. We have things that we would love to do. We would th- have things people would have we have things that we want to become as people. And God has work to do and we're in that spot of be strong. Let your heart take courage and wait for the Lord. If you're in that spot, seek out some uh some brothers and sisters in Christ, to walk with you, to help you grow, to help you strengthen your heart so that you become all that God wants you to become and wait for him to do the amazing things that he's capable of. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it is our anchor, that it secures us Because it reveals to us all that you have done to make a way of salvation, to become our light and our salvation, just like David uh, proclaims. Father, I pray that you would, uh, that we would be a people that casts our anchors and and lets it sink deeply into your word, that we would be secure, and our hope uh, would lock us in, our hope in you would lock us in into, to that place where you want us. I pray in Jesus name.